All right, this is Jared with MetalSpeak.com. I'm here with Josh from Cattle Decapitation. How's it going, sir? It's going well. Thank you. You guys are on the Denver stop of the Summer Slaughter Tour. Yes, it's always a... uh, The Denver stop on any tour we do is always... um, Beautifully hectic, I guess you could say. Because we, we spent a lot of time here. We recorded our last record here, and we've you know played here you've, you know, just a ton. We have very good friends from here, both band and just you know people out and about. And so it's this always a party. Whatever you want to read into that is probably accurate. So it's always a party, yeah, when we're here. So it's usually socialize, try to warm up, play, throw your stuff in the trailer, socialize. You know, it's fine. Yeah. To running around, lots of hands to shake, hugs to give, babies to kiss, babies, <laughs> grandmas to punch. There you go. I don't know if Bert gets a grandma yet, but I was not. <laughs> she, if she ever got wind of that, she'd come over and probably suck in the feed bag. Probably. Um, no, I don't think she's. I've met her both. I don't know if I met her daughter. I met her son, but uh, no, she's not at the grandma's house. So. No, no, we don't. So, um, how's the tour going so far? Is this... We're actually, oh my gosh, now I think about three shows from being done. Mm-hmm. The tour proper, we do one on our own after this is over in Bend, Oregon. But yeah, it's, you know, you reach the midpoint of the tour, and then before you know it, you're like, oh, no, two shows left. Um, it's been, I mean, we played the first Summer Slaughter in 2007, and that was, you know, they're sort of experimenting, like, um, see how we do and it did extremely well and you know here we are uh, six years later and uh, we've been kind of lobbying to do it after that first year every year and they finally you know said this year oh I guess we can do it so we got we got it on a year that was a little more the line was a little more diverse than the past mm-hmm. so there's a lot of folks that were like you know glad to see that because they you know it was more bands that were it wasn't just strictly death metal but then of course the more vocal section of that was the What's all this crap? I just want to see ten death metal bands or whatever, you know. Which I mean, they're like their argument is supposed to be the most extreme tour, and what's all this other stuff, you know? But you know, we were just happy to be on it. It puts us in front of a lot of people that would never come and see us. Normally, so you know, attendance has been very good generally. Uh, merch has been good generally, and we've been you know getting a lot of you know positive responses from people that, like you're saying, would. You know, never normally come and see us. So, but you know, get turned on to it and buy a T-shirt or buy a CD or you know, go and illegally download it or you know, write terrible comments about us on YouTube. So, whatever. Yeah. So you guys are winning a lot of new fans on this one. I, I would hope so. It's such it seems idea. to be doing well. You know, so I, you know, it may be like you know, people. I don't want to use the term graduating because that's insulting to other fans. I don't mean it that way. But like, you know, I did. I was, you know, I was into one thing and then moved on. I graduated. It's kind of insulting to people. But not that any were at any other different level, but it's just you know, graduate, you know, moving on to something heavier or something more like screechy or whatever. You know, it may be we may be the first band that someone's introduced to like that, but they just not that they didn't know it was out there. They just had never really listened to it and seen a live band like that. So, um, you know, maybe that's a good thing, or maybe you know, it just affirms there. I can't stand this crap. And, <laughs> you know, listen to you know, continue to listen to the other bands, which is totally fine too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine they won't, wouldn't be a little taken aback. I mean, your guys' stage presence is just... I can't help it. Every time you guys play, because I was at that 2007 mm-hmm. show, this is probably the fourth or fifth time that I've seen you guys, but mm-hmm. um, 
Like, I just can't help but stand there with a stupid grin on my face. Like, you guys just fucking bring it so hard every time. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's what collectively all of us is, it's the most important thing as a band. I mean, yeah, studio recordings, obviously, it's the permanent advertisement for what you, I guess. But live is just, that's what we want to do best. If we can, you know, come across in a way that is uh, engaging. Sorry. Oh, excuse me. Engaging and just, you know, really in people's faces, I, that's kind of all we can hope to achieve. With that. I mean, just, you know, I don't want to be one of those bands that just sits there and just, you know, locked in your stance, just kind of headbanging. And, you know, wait, how fun is that? Right. It's just like this type of music is so energetic. It's supposed to be about that energy. I mean, granted, if you're playing something extremely technical, you can't do like backflips and freak out. Generally speaking, for me, my, personally, I don't do that. I just kind of like have my little box that I just kind of pace in and stuff. Um, I don't know. I think there's a sort of intangible kind of, not energy, but just sort of like intensity that we put out. That's like, even if it's not like one of us like jumping around being all crazy, it's this sort of conveyed kind of mental focus that people sort of latch onto. You know? Where's that come from? Do you guys do anything in particular to kind of get amped up, or is it just kind of? Happen? I think it's because it's the most important thing to us. Um, at least I, that's the way I see it. Um, that just kind of comes with it. There's times, you know, you're on stage and it's, you know, something. You say there's a technical issue or something like that, and we're all. It's, it's going to sound totally stupid, but we're all totally kind of like fragile at that point. I don't mean like sensitive, but I mean just very like you're just about ready to explode. You know, and even if people looking at us don't see this, you know. Oh, he's jumping off the monitors. Oh, he's smashing his instrument. No, that's not, that's not what we're about. It's just we're very, like, this is the absolute most important thing. Your focus gets into this super narrow, like, you know, pinhole dot. And uh, sometimes, you know, if you get sort of shaken out of that or something challenges, it become very defensive. Yeah. With each other, too, sometimes. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just... I hope people like you know, appreciate that we're that. You know, we're not just here to like rock out and throw our shit around. You know, it's, it's a very you, know, you have fun up there, of course, because that's part of the reason you do it. But you know, it's a very serious thing. It's your business, exactly, exactly. And if you're gonna sacrifice what you do personally, you know, or financially or whatever, you know, your thing is for this, you better be that. Better be your important time. <laughs> You know, to go out and kind of half-ass it or, like, to just be, like, all ho-hum about it. I mean, yeah, you can't be, like, 100% all the time. Like, it's the best thing ever, you know. It just goes through, you know, phases. But if you're going to, you know, make crap for money and, you know, be away from home for a long period of time, that better be your zone where you're owning that part of your, you know, presentation and, you know, your experience out here. The quote I heard one time is, "You have to love this music because it's not going to love you back." <laughs> oh, exactly. It's a very one-sided relationship. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's the, the payoff for that is not. If you're if you think there's going to be some sort of financial compensation beyond just subsistence, and even that's a bit tall order sometimes, you're crazy. Yeah, this doesn't. I mean, we were, we were kind of talking about this the other day, and maybe they have the right idea. But how many, aside from like say, metal, punk, hardcore, some rock. And um, you know, indie, whatever that big umbrella is. Do you see country bands tour that are at lower level than like this? No. Do you see, you know, 
dance music or whatever other genres. You know. Why is that? Because they're like losing proposition, you know, throwing money away. That's stupid. Well, yes, it is stupid, but <laughs> I think there's a yeah, exactly. There's a kind of ignorant, blind love that you know with people who you know these other you know these other genres that are out here all the time. You know, it's, you just kind of are willing to sacrifice you know security to a certain extent to do this, which is crazy. But you know, it's what you love. There's a reason love. you do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think a lot of people would just. You know, if they didn't have this in their lives, they would be in horrible shape. <laughs> yeah. You know, of course, this puts them in horrible shape sometimes. But you know, it, it's you know, there's always people that are like one step away from losing them and being put in an institution, and this kind of like kind of gives them something. You know, so I mean, a lot of people are like that. It's music. Everyone's crazy, but this really, you know, it's, it's a very good outlet. It can be very positive. Yeah. Very uh, cathartic. Yes, very much so. And I think, you know, it's, it's people, it's amazing what people go through, you know, personally, like, the, you know, with each, between each other and the band members and all this other was just to have those precious minutes, either when you're writing and something's clicking, or, you know, if you like the studio recording or your know, live experience. It's amazing what abuse people put themselves through and put others through in order to just have that, you know. So, in a way, it's just kind of like some sort of, like, drug addiction or gambling or sex or whatever, you know. It's, Sad. This it's not completely unhealthy. Yeah. This is partially. I've heard it, heard it described as uh, at least in this genre and some others that you know the, the quality of the output has a direct relationship with the amount of tension going on in the other parts of your life. Mm -hmm. you kind of agree with that. Yeah, it's like the the. The better the better you do at this band, the more tense everything else is in your life. You mean, or like, well, the, it's more sort like of you have, have like a bunch of garbage going on, then it kind of gives you the zone to make it more quality of right. I, I can see that. Um, yeah, without being a total basket case about it. Yeah, least, I mean, if you, you know. get really like, I could see it, like especially since this this type of music is so aggressive and like, I don't want to say anger driven, but anger driven to a certain extent. Um, if, if you're a little too comfortable in the rest of your life, you know, it's going to be reflected. Yeah. So there's there's always a small amount of, you know, frustration and kind of annoyance with everything that feeds, you know, you know the need to create really aggressive or, you know, hateful music. And hopefully it's like a balanced thing to where, you know, you have this as an outlet and then you're a decent person to your family and loved ones or whatever. Right. Hopefully. Uh, wash them with your kids. You know. Yeah, oh, it's a good experience. I have friends who have kids that they, I mean, obviously they're gentle, but they have fun with them in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I love horse around with my six year old. She's, mm -hmm. She likes it too, so. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, I've, yeah, I've had friends where they're like, their, their kids, they'll be like, oh, his favorite band is, it's just whatever. You know, it's something that, they, oh, he loves jumping around uh, B. Hexen or something. Yeah. I don't know, you know, it's like, Okay, why not whatever else? No, he just literally likes to be hexing. Alright, okay. He's four. Awesome. Yeah, I was telling a buddy of mine earlier, I used to, my daughter was an infant, the only way I could get her to, to stop crying sometimes is I put her in her jumper and then I would do air guitar to decapitate it. That was the only thing that would settle her down. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. She's not into it now. She calls it my raw, raw, raw music. Ah, see? Is that mom's influence? That is mom. Dang, that see? Is mom. They always do it, right? I also have to mock these things. 
make fun of all our stuff. That's right. So um, I make fun of all her stuff, though. So. There you go. So is your uh, significant other not on the not on board with the whole metal thing, or she? Oh no, I mean, she supports it. Me doing it, you know. I mean, it's with that. I can't see that being her first choice in the car, or, you know, or iPod or whatever. But. You know, she's been around it enough to where she can discern, like, if she sees bands random or, like, we got, she's like, they were really good. Yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to this, but they were awesome, you know, versus, yeah. that band sucked or whatever, you know. So, but she's, she puts up with it. Nice. You know, for now. It's kind of like my job, for now. For now. <laughs> so, it's, it's good that we're, put it this way, I think this, I could say this for, well, there's two of us that are, two of the band members that are single. Well, one that's definitely single, one's single-ish. Um, and then... Travis and I, the singer of Mary. So it's like, it's, it's good that we're going. Yeah. Not, I mean, not on his end, not on my end. I'm not getting like these sort of ominous cryptic messages or communications, but just, you and me is probably good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the new album a little bit. Monolith of Humanity. Uh, it's actually my top for 2012. Ooh, we actually uh, voted, 20, uh, we did our year end yeah, uh, podcast and recap and. Uh, definitely came out as our top on between all four of us. So mm-hmm. we did the podcast. It was amazing, amazing album. Thank you. Um, I, it seems like I mean, you guys haven't really had an album that's been like universally panned, but it just seems like everyone is just completely jazzed about it. What, what do you think was the difference? Well, there? Uh, well, okay. It it all depends. It's it's strange this way. Like, say, Sir Man is our first Metal Blade record that came out in 2002, and for the most part, there were people that were really into it. And then there were others that were just like, uh, I expected more, I expected this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And uh, so that I won't say that was universally panned, but it was like, people were kind of meh on it. Yeah, because you know? yeah, it was like, oh, they're so awesome live, but this is just kind of, you know, and listening back, you know, when you go back, you're just like, eh, it's kind of meh. You know, there's things we could have done better, you know, things, you know, of course, learning experience. But then um, like the next one, Humanure, that kind of like, the songs on it and like where the direction we're heading kind of gave um, people death metal people became taking us a little more seriously and some of the tours we were doing with DSI and Vital Remains all was, you know serious death metal folks um, yeah they started taking us a little more seriously um, with each successive record I think it's become like more real until like I think when uh, like Harvest Lord came out which is 2009 um, the lineup we had or like Dave joins our drummer joined at that time I think that really we kind of got you know, performance-wise and stuff, and recording and all that, like what we wanted. You know, there's still things. That, of course, you always go back. I wish we could do this differently, and so on. But um, that really kind of thing. You know, although it, as far as like relative to Monolith, it wasn't as overwhelmingly positive, but it was still really positive for the most right. part. So yeah. I think that really put us on the radar of a lot of people who may have, you know, like, eh, they're just one of those gurgled death metal bands, whatever. They don't do anything for me. They're just there. That kind of put us back on the radar again, and then. With Monolith, I think that really kind of, because not stuff we changed, but stuff that we kind of, you know, honed, it kind of like really caught them to pay, pay attention. What was it like, uh, as far as like recording with Dave? Oh, Flatline. He's, he's great. I think he's kind of, now it's almost like we're kind of like, we're addicted to him. We need him. <laughs> So the next thing we do is going to be with, you know, as far as he's okay with that, you know, the next thing we, we do, we want to go with him again. So we're actually, once you get back from this tour, we're going to start the writing process. So, you know, everyone has, I think, a lot of ideas. It's just kind of getting those distilled, you know, something coherent. 
far as direction goes, the next recording, I mean, you know, we've had people say, just make Bonnie Love Part 2, you know, I love it, I love the second one, it's like, I mean, obviously there'll be some odds and ends, you know, from that, you know, because that's, that's kind of become certain elements of that style have become part of us, but... I don't know. There's a lot of things I kind of want to explore that are a little different. Um, I'm sure others have the same idea as well. It's, I think, for me, personally, I, as long as we can combine, like, really, really abrasive music with well-written songs, you know, you know, it's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Like memorable like, riffs and stuff like that. It's not just like, well, that was brutal. Do you remember any of it? Absolutely not. You know, yeah. you got to have, like, clencher parts in there, you know. Part of that being just riffs themselves into the arrangements. So. I don't know. That's if we can accomplish that, then I'm happy. Yeah. You know, and that's, I felt with Monolith we accomplished that. You know, there's like riffs on that record. You know, there's riffs on the other record. These are riffs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we kind of scaled back. Like, I think we really became a lot simultaneously comfortable with who we were, are, were, are, whatever, and just stopped caring what like. You know, we didn't feel like. Like with Harvest Floor, it was almost like we felt we had to compete with all these young tech bands that were like, you know, 15 years old and doing all this, you know, noodly shit. And with that really monolith, we were just like, let's just write the best songs we can. I don't care about any of this crap. I don't listen to that crap. You know, this stuff, not crap, just other music. Sorry. Sorry. So you didn't name anyone specific. It's fine. Kind of. Um, but we just, you know, just throw that out the window, you know. The best way to be competitive is to just do the best you can and not care what others think in that regard. So I think that's our drum stool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just if we continue on the trajectory we are, we're just you know shredding good, memorable, riffy arrangements. I think will be good. Nice. Yeah. Hey, definitely. Uh, balance the, uh, the, br- the brutality and the catchiness like really well. Good. Yeah, because it's. Yeah, you go all brutal, and it's like, wow, it feels like I got hit by a truck, but I don't, I don't remember anything. And then it's all catchy. It's kind of like it just loses the impact of what is catchy because then it's just all like, yeah. you know, kind of fun. So, yeah, I think it's a combo. They're good of the, foils to one another. Yeah, I think it's a combo of the uh, definitely the riffage, but also those weird uh, vocal things that Travis mm-hmm, is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he did a little bit on Harvest Floor, like a couple parts on the whole record. Yeah. And there was people that really responded to that. They were like, dude, that was really cool. You got to do more of that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, should I? It's going to be too much? And we're like, weren't we just, it's like we all kind of agreed. We were discussing, like, who cares? Yeah. We're at this point. What do we have to lose? You know, we're coming out are getting older. Who cares? Yeah. Do what you want to do. And to our benefit, it worked out. So we'll see. Yeah. Made me think of, uh, Faith No More is King for a Day album mm-hmm. when Mike Patton really started doing that like his, weird squeaky thing. His Patton-y yeah. kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think some of it too is almost like uh, like there's certain ministry songs where he's kind of that yell screaming. Right. Or not, I'm not yell screaming, I'm talking about yell singing or screaming singing or whatever. It's kind of that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, inspired where he's like, you know, but you know, it's not just random screaming or whatever. So yeah. I think that was inspired some of that stuff. And, Screaming in key, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So. Well, you def- there's definitely a trick to that, you know, especially the, you know, a lot of the more melodic death metal, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really realize that there's that they're growling in pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot yeah, of people, don't get people that. just hear that effect and you're just like, oh, well, he's just Mr. Brutal again. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely it's a skill that is over often overlooked. Yeah. 
Definitely. I had a question about uh, your guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine in there, and he was saying that it kind of reminded him of, uh, I think it was a guitar that Brian May from Queen did, where he made it out of his like his coffee oh. table or something. <laughs> He's just yeah. wondering if there was no, a story behind that, if it was it's custom. A, or... It's actually this guy, um, Cardinal Instruments, is the, the maker of the guitar. Um, it's a fellow out of Austin, Texas. Um, it's him and his dad are partners in the business. Um, I met him in an amp show in Austin in 2010 or something, and uh, you know we kind of kept in contact online. And online, and uh, one of my uh, really good friends, you know, became buddies with him too. So we just kind of, you know, bounced stuff off each other. And he was always like, "Hey man, if I can ever build you a guitar, you know, just let me know." And it's not that I was like dissatisfied with what I was using. It's just like be nice to do like complete it's not a ground up custom he has you know certain shapes that he uses you know it's his body shape his headstock and all that but you know it'd be cool to just work with you know try something different and you know he was really receptive and he understood you know budget and everything because you know this type of music isn't exactly that lucrative um so he was willing to work with me and uh he made me my first one I think I got it early 2011 maybe because uh, a lot of monoliths is written on it um, used the guitar part, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I um, was really happy with that. Um, I told him, I was like, I love your guitar, but, man, I've kind of taken on the road. It'd be kind of scary. It's, that one was cool. He gave me a deal, but it was still not cheap. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, I totally hear you. Um, I know it's like I've been in bands, you know, been none of the gun budget-wise with that. So he used to tell you what. You know, we'll talk, you know, over the course of the next few months, kind of scrape something together. He goes, I will obviously not cut any corners craftsmanship-wise or anything. You just, it's, the woods aren't going to be like, you know, like the other one had like you know, Coca-Cola neck and a Zircote board and a Spaltipacan body. So these super premium, you know, woods. He goes, you know, it's going to sound just as good. It's just going to be different. It's going to be woods that are starting as rare, you know. So the body of that one is all uh, mahogany with a uh, rosewood board. And uh, the one unique aspect of it is um, the top is a uh, patinaed copper. <laughs> so what he did was he you know, got some corrosive um, chemical, put it on there, and it just kind of faded it and, you know, patinaed it in a way that was really kind of aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Sort of beauty and decay kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, he originally had that body up as a different with a different guitar. Like a different back. Sicko coil pickups. Oh, my God. And uh, I told him, I, I just made a passing comment, like, I really like that copper top. But, you know, if you could do one of those, great. If not, you know, work on something else. And we were actually going in a different direction with a, a different guitar, a different material, different wood and everything. And he presented me one day. He goes, you know, I remember you mentioning you like that copper top. I could pop the neck off of that, make you a new neck, and just grab that one for humbuckers and the bridge you on. Would that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I can, he goes, I'm going to, the price will be favorable to you because I know you it's not that you'd be a, wouldn't care if something happened to this, but you know you won't be devastated like with the other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he uh, you know he made it for me. And, um, ended up being very very reasonably priced. Sounds great. Pickups are great. I mean the pickups I chose the pickups in it, but I mean everything about it. Dealing with him and dealing with uh, just just everything has just been a great experience. Like I'll totally go back to him. You know, next guitar. I don't know what that'll be, but you know. Whenever he, it'll be whenever he creates something. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna have that thing, you know, and I'll find a way to afford it, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, Cardinal Instruments, Sam Evans, and Sam and Ron, Ron Evans. Um, it's you know, it's 
you'll get it. a beautiful instrument that just is very unique looking and very unique sounding. You know, I mean, it can, you know, it, it's primarily his clients are not metal people. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I kind of fell in love with the stuff he was doing. But, uh, if anyone is want to have a custom guitar or whatever, it's definitely a person, you know, look into if you don't want the typical, like, saber-looking Ibanez kind of thing, you know, or just guitars that kind of take that as inspiration. This is, he definitely has a different, uh, he draws his uh, influences from a different place than that. So, nice. it's kind of neat. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, cool. I don't want to take up any more of your time. We've got a long drive ahead of you. Oh, yeah. These guys are crushing tonight, so. Yeah. Eight hours of fun to Salt Lake. Yikes. Should be fun, though. I hear, I hear Salt Lake's always a uh, It's interesting. fun crowd. It gets, uh, they get rowdy in a way that's not... <laughs> you wouldn't expect. They're kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> They're tough guys. They don't like much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. We've gotten mixed responses there. Sometimes people are like, super crazy, going nuts, and other times it's literally like an entire crowd of blank stares. Which, I mean, it's not their thing. It's not their thing. Whatever. But yeah. It's, it doesn't help us. We're just kind of, oh, I guess... Rock out. Yeah. We love you, Salt Lake. Good. Appreciate it. Yeah, so much. Thank you very much. Yeah.